Sometimes I just step into the heavens Wondering if the answer is inside and That's when I see the light Of my seven shooting star On his way to who knows where He's the one like all the stars He outshines a bit Live from the Millennium Waterfront in Cardiff Bay, this is Doctor Who Podshock. This is Doctor Who Podshock for the week of Monday, the 23rd of October, 2006. I'm James Norton, uh, here in the Netherlands. Oh, thank you very much. How very kind. (laughs) And with me, of course, is the wonderful Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello, hello, hello. In the New York area. And uh, with him, actually alive in the same room, which is a novel thing. Just like old times. Just like old times. Which is a bit of a novelty these days with the internet, is of course the fantastic Mr. Ken Deep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Nice if I could whistle. (laughs) And joining us uh, from the north, from Canada, is Mr. Michael Duran. Yay! Hello. It's Mike, a... Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's starting to sound like a Jerry Springer show. <laughs> oh my god, that's scary. <laughs> nice to have you guys back. Nice to be back. Mm. Well, good, uh, good. we're reporting on several things this week in the Doctor Who newsroom. And, well, uh, before we do that, we yeah. have some announcements that we would like oh, to make. Oh, make announcements. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> As um, many of our listeners in the, uh, in the U.S. and also in Canada are now maybe first experiencing the 2006 series or Series 2 with David Tennant, um, you may uh, had previously skipped over some Doctor Who podshocks that we reviewed these episodes. So sort of as a, um, as a courtesy for those listeners that are just catching these episodes now for the first time, you may want to go back and revisit past Doctor Who Pachak episodes to see what our thoughts were and our reviews were and what other listeners thought and so forth about these episodes. So um, just to quickly run down what has, uh, what has been transmitted so far on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel and CBC or, or, or will about to be shown briefly soon. Um, we have um, The Christmas Invasion. If you go back to Podshock episode 19, we had an, a review there. And then in Podshock 25, uh, we had a commentary and a more verbose review of the story. Uh, so, obviously, a commentary track that ran alongside of The Christmas Invasion. Um, and then for New Earth, Podshock number 37, will you'll be able to enjoy our review of New Earth there. And if you need some tooth and claw in your cereal, <laughs> there's Podshock 38 with a preview in 37 of Tooth and Claw. School Reunion, the bell rings on Podshock number 39. And the girl in the fireplace, Ash and All, will be in Podshock number 40 with a preview in Podshock number 39. Ash and All. <laughs> 
Oh my. Rise of the Cybermen brought on Age of Steel, and both of those can be heard in Podshock number 41. If the price is right. <laughs> So we encourage all our listeners um, that that um, that may have missed out when these Podshock episodes are skipped ahead when we you know gave our spoiler warnings and you hadn't seen those episodes. Now is your chance to go back and retrieve those episodes if you saved them already, or go back and re-download them off our feed or off our website, and you can catch those um, those reviews. Uh, another announcement that I would like to make is that. The Gallifreyan Embassy and Doctor Who Podshock now has its own team with SETI at home. SETI at home is the search for extraterrestrial life, because there certainly isn't any on this planet. So <laughs> what you can do is, um, what it, basically what SETI at home does is um, uh, it, it's a scientific experiment that uses internet-connected computers uh, in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, SETI. And uh, you can participate by running a free program that downloads and analyzes radio telescope data. Uh, I started this way back in 1999, and then I had stopped, and now I'm back on it again. And I thought it would be a cool idea to, uh, to start our own team. And um, we've gotten a handful of members on the team. It doesn't cost you anything. And it just um, if you have a, a computer that you want to use to process these units, um, you know, join the team and... Um, Maybe you'll be the first one to discover the TARDIS or some visiting um, entity, perhaps. Well, it doesn't have to be visiting, but you don't have to be living in Cardiff to, um, <laughs> to do it. <laughs> and um, we also like to, we haven't mentioned this in quite some time. We would like to um, remind all our listeners that we have a Frapper map, Pachak Frapper map. You can get there by going to uh, Frapper. Dot com. There's no E in Frapper, F-R-A-P-P-R. There's no E in Frapper. <laughs> .com slash Podshock. We'll bring you to our Frapper map and add your little push pin into the map. We have just under 700 people there right now. And um, you, so if you're, if you haven't, we haven't mentioned it in a while, so maybe you were unaware of it. Um, it doesn't mean anything. You can just put your address, your, your town in, your zip code, and just it gives means. us an idea where, you're, where you are. It's interesting. We don't get anything out of it other than that. We're not going to come to your house unless you it ask us to. It means something to us. <laughs> and if you don't want to put your town address, you could, your zip code, you could just put your work zip code, anything just to give you <laughs> an indication of just where on the globe you may be uh, listening and it's, yeah, you it's the a, wonderful listeners yeah yeah and it's interesting for you too because you can go and see what other Pachak listeners are All there may over. be some in your backyard and you don't know what go <laughs> probably one of the most exciting things for me when I go to the Frapper map is just to see how diverse a listenership we have as far as you know where and uh, and some of the people that are involved I mean such distances and it really is uh, it's very humbling to be really honest with you and, and the map mm. only shows 50 at a time so if you don't see in any of your area just um, you have to keep you expanding kind of like, like zoom in yes yeah, and it will gather those push pins and also don't forget that we have the uh, Doctor Who Podshock shop both the UK and US versions for Podshock uh, t-shirts and sweatshirts and various other things, uh, which has been very, very exciting. I know we haven't mentioned that in a while either. Yes, yes. Um, get your Podshock gear on. And I think Ken's offer still stands if you get a photograph. right With a Doctor Who cast member and you're wearing a, a Podshock shirt. shirt, I will uh, send you a DVD of your choice. Cool. Not a box set, though. He's not that yeah, Not a box set. I'm, a, I'm, I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm still a working slob. 
<laughs> but uh, a few people have taken me up on it. And actually, I, I remember going back uh, a couple months now, someone took a picture in a Podshock shirt in front of a hair salon, I believe, in Florida. Or oh, Georgia. yes. They're mm-hmm. called the Hair Hut. So it was really, <laughs> it served a, a, a dual purpose. And, and for, for those that are unfamiliar, the Hair Hut is the name of Ken's other radio show. One of them, anyway. One of them, yes. So, uh, you know, and by the way, for those playing the Podshock drinking game, that was Lewis who shamelessly plugged my radio show. <laughs> so, so now you have to, now what does now that you mean? Have they to have to take two drinks. Two drinks? <laughs> two drinks. Yeah, we haven't mentioned the Podshock drinking game in a while. I know. Yeah. It's we'll like a, to... just a reminiscent show today. Mm. <laughs> it's like the greatest hits, <laughs> the Essentials right. Collection. <laughs> well, you can find out more about the Podshock drinking game at our website. <laughs> <laughs> well, where you'll see the words that you can listen to where you take your drinks and all that. Um, also, th- th- when I had mentioned SETI at home, th- you can find the URL to join the team at our website. And what's the website address? It's gallifreyandembassy.org or, or podshock.net. You know it by now, people. <laughs> Come on. So um, get off your keisters. Oh, well, actually, if you're sitting, if you're doing, if you're on the inter- internet, most likely you're on your keister. Just type on, you know, uh, rattle off the, on your keyboard and type in podshock.net if that's probably the easiest way to get there, or gallifreyandembassy.org for those that rather and, use that address. It gets you to the same place. It's and just, on the uh, the Gallifrey Embassy website, there are several um, several places that you can visit uh, that sell Doctor Who merchandise uh, that you'll yes, see that's right. uh, banner ads for and things like that. And anytime you click onto those um, through the Gallifrey Embassy, uh, it is uh, it, it is, helps support it helps support this po- this podcast absolutely. as well as the our website. So. So um, even if there, you know, it's a place that you frequent. If you if you use the, uh, yeah. the link on our website, it would help it, us out a lot. And it's not going to cost you anything support. more. So absolutely. And we'll be forever grateful, and it keeps us going, keeps you know, helps keep the show going, and paying the cost of the servers and whatnot. We had spoke about doing like getting together for a meetup, you know, as um, Doctor Who and and uh, Doctor Who New York or DWNY does, and um, Dwin. We have Mike on board here. Dwin, um, the Doctor Who Information Network often does these um, has meetups as well, and the Doctor Who Appreciation Society in the UK, I believe, um, may have been the forerunner of these tavern meetups. Um, and w- I know Ken and I spoke about doing it. We just haven't had the t- you know been able to connect with the you know our schedules and pinpoint a date and a place and all that and we still may do that but in the meantime um we've in the past had gotten these reports from various listeners about second life and second life for those that don't know is a um um it's a uh internet environment where you're represented as an avatar it's um it's not a role-playing game though you can do role-playing in there and i had um but anyway, you could chat and you can um, basically live in this virtual environment, this 3D environment, and um, exist in there. And one of our listeners, um, well, his his um, his Second Life name, when you join Second Life, they, they, you get a new name or whatever. So um, it, it's, um, I, well, I can't remember the complete name now. It's Merlin, it begins with a C. I should have been more prepared. But anyway, he had, I, he had uh, invited me to, to join him on Second Life. There's a whole Doctor Who um, um, 
fandom there. There's um, a lot of Doctor Who fans there. And there's a place that you can go to called the Land of Doctor Who and um, where there's actually a TARDIS that you can go in and explore. And uh, it has various different council rooms, both from old and new um, Doctor Who. And um, it's really interesting. It's a lot of fun. And so I was just thinking that maybe this might be a way to bridge the gap since we have listeners from all over the world. If we did a meetup here, let's say Ken and I did something here in New York, it may exclude Mike from, you know, who's in Canada and um, obviously um, James from wherever on the globe he may be at any given time. (laughs) (laughs) You you make it sound like I'm an international playboy or something. Well, aren't you? So um, anyway, so this might be um, a, a means for all of us to get together and, and, and do that. So, you know, I guess I'm asking for a listener feedback if everyone's interested in this. Let me know. It's a free service. Second Life, you, you know, if you choose, you can um, purchase more and, 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 and do more with it. But you, just for basic membership in um, an account, it's free of charge. So um, it's pretty cool. And if you're listening to the Enhanced Podcast right now, uh, you'll see some images that I took, some snapshots uh, with my, um, you know, when when I was meeting up with some of the Doctor Who fans there, including Merlin and and um, and Dwag and if I'm or Dog, if I'm pronouncing his or her name right, whatever. And they're all dressed up as Doctor Who characters in their scripts, and you can launch Daleks and um, do role playing with Cybermen and Daleks, and um, it's it's a lot of fun. So it's a possible new feature for us, you know, a, a meetup, a virtual meetup. Dwarfed by comparison, I run the MySpace account. Well, <laughs> that we should remind everyone about that. What's the address for that again, Ken? Uh, it's uh, myspace.com backslash Doctor Who Podshock, I believe. And you can always add me as a friend if you're already a MySpacer. Mm-hmm. Well, Ken, Ken is, was, has been involved in the music industry for a while, and originally, even though it may seem like it's been overrun by teens, mm-hmm. uh, MySpace originally was a um, like a networking a, a networking web uh, um, in, um, social environment for musicians, mm-hmm. and I think that's really. I mean, it had a yeah. I've been on it for a couple of years. Yeah. So um, he has um, developed a Gallifreyan Embassy uh, page there. Doctor Podjock page, okay. which has uh, uh, information on the show from time to time, and I, I post bulletins there too. If something something newsworthy should should happen, and it's that's more social thing than a um, a, a, a news related thing. I mean, that's what the mm. uh, the website is devoted to news and bulletin boards. That's more for really just to be seen. Uh, mm. Mm. Because there's so many people on there, who some people who have stumbled across it who are very casual Doctor Who fans, but now have become aware that the show is back on and that we exist and things like that. So. And now they're formal Doctor Who fans. Now they're formal. Yes, they have to wear. <laughs> they have to wear a scarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carry jelly babies with them. Okay, so what do we have in the Doctor Who newsroom now that we've all shamelessly plugged things? Well, we wanted to get these announcements out because so many times we'll do a show and then we save the announcements for the end of the show and then we're all of a sudden out of time. So we well, thought it would be. That reminds me, I was just going to say, we always wind up, we always say we're going to cut a new promo yes. at the end of the show, and we never do because the, the show runs on like 87 hours, and we're here <laughs> for three weeks. Uh, but what, what Lewis and James and I had discussed uh, in pre production today, and, and yes, we did pre production, um, was that we want to open the creating of the Podshock 
promo, audio promo, mm-hmm. in the listeners' hands, uh, yeah. and maybe have a contest for it. Now we haven't well, discussed. Well, it it's, it's won't be so much in a contest, but anyone that sends in submissions and if something that all three of us like, we'll give you like a nice little eye gift. <laughs> I guess something yes. something Doctor Who related that's quite so, cool and yeah something uh, that you that, can call it a prize. I suppose it is a contest of sorts, but it's not like we're going to. Well, uh, it's not like there's a hard. Well, we we should get maybe think of a deadline or or um something you know when we'll you know or you know well, let's th- say do- let's say the Doctor's anniversary. Let's it, say November twenty third. Well, that doesn't That's give a, people a lot of time. But a month you know, away. Okay. But it doesn't mean we can't do it again. And we and also. Sure. Um, doesn't mean that we can't use more than one of your submissions. We just know that a lot of our listeners are very creative and people, very talented. And very talented, because uh, the two aren't mutually exclusive. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it'd be great to hear what you guys come up with. And um, of course, um, by submitting it, uh, anything that you submit will, will by submitting it gives us the rights to use it um, to promote the And again, podcast. we don't profit from it in a monetary yeah. sense. We, yeah. it's just We're not going to be selling it on iTunes or anything like that. Uh, we <laughs> should be so lucky. <laughs> like but someone's going to pay for a promo. Well, what I will do is I will set up a, uh, a forum section where you guys can post your suggestions for a promo, and then if we like it, if we if we decide to go ahead and record it, we'll, we'll let you know and get in touch and send you something in the mail. And, it's, uh, it's should be again it's an audio recording it's a promo and it should be like a minute long yeah nothing too fancy but just be creative too long because um other podcasts won't play it if it's too long so just try to keep it in um within like 60 seconds and that would be great yeah that's fantastic thanks guys so i'll create that in the in the podshock forum of course you can head over to podshock.net i'm I'm really looking forward to actually hearing the responses because like i said i i I know that the listeners are extremely creative we've seen that already with other things that we've uh that we've spoken about and 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 the submissions and like the audio um the audio reviews we get and some of the things that people have done have really been spectacular so uh you know now that we've We've opened Pandora's box. I can just imagine what we're going to be getting, you know, which is very actually very exciting. I I bet you I'm going to make a prediction that we're going to get so many that are really good. We're going to have difficulty choosing which one we like the best. That's I my hope so. On it. I hope like so. Like I said, we may choose more than one, and we'll, we'll you know we'll take it from there. All right, now let's really get into the Doctor Who news. Oh, okay. For real this time. For for real now. If James, you know, if James doesn't mind. I don't mind at all. I'm quite Mike happy to mind. get on with the show. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, Lewis and I, because we're in the same room, we've been goofing off all day. Oh, <laughs> that's what you call it. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> well, um, which leads us to our first story is... <laughs> Speaking of is, Speaking of quote, quote Boyzone un- cutie unquote uh, Stephen Gately um, is to star in a new Doctor Who um, radio series on BB7. Uh, for those that don't know, which I was one of them, uh, Stephen Gately uh, was in the boy band Boyzone. Now, J- James, was this a UK band based out of the UK? Yes, uh, they were. Um Actually, Irish, the the group itself, um, but they were based in the UK. They their mm-hmm. predominant fan base, I believe, was in the UK. I see. 
and so uh, in sort our, of like yeah. new kids on the block and uh, Ken, in, what are the other boy bands were there? In sync. I, I'm, uh, I'm saying uh, this because Ken's into music. Not, not, I'm not implying anything. Yeah. Um, as far as <laughs> like, I know, uh, Kenny likes boy bands. Let's ask him. <laughs> Now he will be playing Tommy tomorrow. It sounds like a. That was my radio a, name when I worked in Cleveland. <laughs> it's he's he's playing a glam rocker named Tommy tomorrow alongside Paul McGann as strangely as the Doctor in in this new series. So um, mm. now this isn't for Big Finish. This is for BBC Radio. BBC Seven, to my understanding. Uh, so he's quoted as saying, uh, when I got offered the part, I said, yes, immediately, I wanted to do it, plus I don't know, I, I, plus I didn't, my other half would kill me, he's a big Doctor Who fan. So, um, so hey, if you want to get Nookie in the, you want to, you got to keep your partner happy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to uh, treat him mean, keep him keen, that's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my... Oh my. Okay, so, uh, so moving right along. <laughs> Got that out of the way. <laughs> Seamless link. <laughs> well, we have with us, and we're going to take advantage of him, is Mike Duran. Our can- <laughs> not, can- not, not in a boy's own way or anything. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, no. I was hoping it was. <laughs> So, uh, Mike Duran is our uh, Canadian correspondent, and he's, um, he, he comes with us, comes to us with plenty of interesting... <laughs> <laughs> As you can say, we're in a very giddy mood tonight oh, for some reason. Yeah. Um, he comes to us with um, chock full of news from the, from, from, concerning the, um, the, the Great North and, and, and North America itself. So um, take it away, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. Um, yeah, we've a- actually had some interesting press releases come through uh, to Dwin. And it's been a couple of months since I did the show, so I haven't. Uh, some of this stuff really hasn't gotten out. Uh, the first is that uh, we got a press release uh, from the BBC, although this didn't appear on, the, on their Doctor Who site for some reason. And that is that BBC Worldwide has appointed a new uh, uh, North American licensing agent for Doctor Who. Uh, oddly, the press, the, the press release says North American licensing agent for Doctor Who and then Canada in brackets. So for once, uh, you're being lumped in with us instead of us being lumped in with you, which is, which is a <laughs> bit different because <laughs> usually we're the ones that end up with the, the Canadian news under US news and, and Doctor Who magazine and that kind of thing. And it actually sounds pretty good. There was uh, there was a license agent uh, last year, and uh, not much came of that. And that was for the Canadian market only. Uh, before I guess it was well before the Sci-Fi Channel had uh, picked up on the show. And now that uh, I guess uh, earlier in the year that uh, the United States picked up the show, they wanted to bring stuff together and handle Canada and the U.S. Uh, together. So the company is called Most Management, and they're based in Los Angeles. Uh, I won't. I won't read through the press release. Maybe I'll. Uh, I, I put one of them up on uh, on the Gallifrey Embassy website. Maybe I'll put this one up as well. And it talks quite a bit about how successful Doctor Who has been on the CBC and and in Canada, uh, critical acclaim and great ratings, and that they want to uh, bring all of this great stuff that's happening uh, in UK stores to North American fans so that they can get them, and not just through specialty retailers, but actually buy merchandise in real stores. And the, uh, the, the, quote, uh, the quote that comes through from the company is that uh, we're committed to building a line of high-quality licensed products for North American audiences that captures the Doctor Who experience. So I think this sounds great. It's either going to be uh, the, through the importing of uh, 
the the stuff that's available in the UK in terms of toys mm-hmm. and books and, and you know we already get the videos but and and all of the I don't all that all that other stuff I don't even know it's not really toys but just all the the extras T-shirts and backpacks and all sorts of stuff that they have over there. So, Mike, do you think that this is going to make it more affordable for Doctor Who fans to pick up, um, you know, memorabilia? Oh, absolutely, because I think what will happen, if you've got a company bringing the stuff over uh, and pack, maybe it might even be packaged for North America, uh, a lot of these things are, uh, certainly they're not, the British merchandise, very little of it is manufactured in, in Britain, most of it's manufactured in Asia. Uh, mm-hmm. So you could have the stuff being imported directly into North America, uh, I know that in Canada there's laws about we have laws about uh, bilingual packaging and things like that. So you couldn't just put a, a British Dalek on the shelf. You'd have to have some French French on the box. And at, at the end of the day, all of that br- ends up bringing the should hopefully bring the prices down because the often what stuff sells for retail in the UK when you do the direct conversions, obviously a, a similar item in North America is usually going to be quite a bit cheaper, and so the prices through the specialty retailers can be quite high. Mm-hmm. And uh, after we received this announcement, uh, we got another announcement a few weeks after that, and that one that one is up on the Gallifrey Embassy, uh, saying that uh, they're kicking this off by bringing in uh, the toys. That's uh, great. That, that we some of the stuff that we're seeing uh, and hearing people talk about remote controlled Daleks and action figures, and uh, dolls and clocks and gadgets and keychains and pretty much everything. So, uh, like like Toys R Us might be carrying this stuff now. Um, it, I don't think it's uh, unheard of. They're going mm-hmm. to be rolling out. They said they're, they're going to try and get some stuff in the shops for the holiday season. Uh, whether that happens or not, you know, who knows? You know, right now we've got the show running in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, but at the f- in February, February 2007, at the International Toy Fair in New York, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be launching the full the full product line for Doctor Who. So hopefully wow. that means that, that that should mean a big splash a big for deal. Doctor yeah. Who, and you know, maybe some of you guys in the New York area will be able to get down and check out that. Uh, I know I know I, think I, at I, least one person in New York who'd love to see this stuff. Oh yes, hi Taras. <laughs> <laughs> well, traditionally I, I I know the expo the toy expo is really just open for um, industry professionals in in the toy business, but um, that's us. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> That would be great to go and see. I um, the, the last time I got a um, invite to to go was um, um, Jonathan Frakes was there and they were launching the Star Trek toys and that dates you that dates me back about twenty years. So it's um, it'd be great to get back there. It's a great show to well, see. Maybe they'll even uh, get somebody over to help uh, to help promote it because this is uh, at a pretty official level. And oh, then we uh, just go in and bum rush it then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's hope. Can you quickly uh, think of a toy company that we could call ourselves? <laughs> right. <laughs> Parchak Toys. That's imaginative. <laughs> toys that will shock you. <laughs> Batteries included. <laughs> no, that's great news. It's, I, I, um, I know we're, we're, we're joking a lot today, but this is really good news. And um, it, it, it's, sometimes it, it hurts our wallets here, I'm sure probably in Canada as well. But, yeah. you know, when we have to, because um, sh- we have to get stuff shipped from the UK if and there's not a local retailer, you know, having the item in stock. And, um, and also now that um, you can catch in, in North America, you can catch Doctor Who on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, BBC America and CBC. C- Did I get that right? CBC, yes. Yeah, CBC. And, and BBC Kids um, are showing the classic series. It's, it's a great opportunity, you know, to market Doctor Who toys and, and other licensing items. 
Yeah, and this is, I mean, I have high hopes because in Canada, this is our, we went through this a year ago and had a company and uh, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, it didn't work out and they weren't able to sign on local local businesses or get the stuff in. And uh, so, I mean, you get a few things here and there, uh, but uh, second time around, I have really high hopes that it, it's going to be big. And, and CBC yeah. is a major network in Canada. I mean, this is like what you would, what in the in the U.S. would be considered, you know, a major network. Um, that's right. It's one of the prime channels. That's right. It's the it's the it's certainly the biggest. It's realistically, it's the number three network. We have two big private networks and mm -hmm. uh, global and CTV, and then uh, CBC is a public network, uh, more like the BBC than uh, or ABC in Australia than than PBS or anything like that, that you'd have in the states. Uh, they do have commercials, but they are the, they are, a, I guess I, I'll say, we'll put it real in quotes. So they're a real network and been around yeah. for, for decades yeah. and decades. And so when... Uh, and it's a terrestrial channel, right? You, you don't have to be subscribing to a, a cable or a satellite service to get it. Oh, no, right? it's, the, it's the channel you can get in most yeah. parts of Canada over the air with an antenna. So uh, it has a high exposure, but Doctor Who being on the CBC, it, it can't get any better exposure really in, in the, at least in North America than that. You know, in, in the U.S. it's on the Sci-Fi Channel, but you really, you know, it, even though it's owned by NBC and Universal, it's, you have to have either cable or, or satellite to get it. Yeah, and the, the, the two big commercial networks in Canada don't air British programming, so so it's as big as it could get in Canada. They, mm -hmm. Some of them did years ago, but the CBC still airs a fair amount of, uh, of British, uh, British, obviously, and Canadian, whereas the, the commercial networks air mostly American programs. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it's certainly out there. It's in the public consciousness. So mm -hmm. the, Good news, yeah. yeah. And um, I... Um, did Mike? Did you have something else that you oh. wanted that that connected to news, or was the was, yeah, was the rest going to be um, later on? Yeah, I've got some info for later on, but uh, there okay. was one other little thing that happened uh, just last week. Uh, CBC Morning News ran an item from Britain on the top top Christmas toys for 2006, and one of the things covered on the CBC they they had a canine on. Wow, Which, uh, the, they didn't... the canine remote control toy. That's right. Oh, they the, had the real canine. The, no, the large, the, the new large canine uh, radio control, not the not the little remote control one, but the the big one. And uh, that was kind of kind of a cool thing to see first thing in the morning, just after you wake up, seeing Doctor Who on the, the morning news. Now that's not life size. It's it's more. It's like ten inches or twelve inches or something well, like that. I think it's probably. Uh, I'm sure somebody will correct whatever I say. Maybe sixty percent scale from or fifty percent mm -hmm. scale from the one on t on, on the show. Because I'm still holding out for that life size one. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's about 40 or 50 pounds, so uh, 40 or 50 pounds in price, that is, not in weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be that heavy, too. <laughs> uh, so I don't think it's quite that big, but certainly bigger than the, it takes the little diesel one. diesel gasoline, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was it was nice to see Doctor Who toys getting some exposure in North America. If that's uh, if that's just a little, uh, little sign of things to come, mm -hmm. that'll be nice. Well... After all, the BBC is being accused of profiteering from Doctor Who toys. So, by all means, profit away. <laughs> Just uh, channel it back into the program. You know, let's get some more off-world adventures. <laughs> I keep on campaigning for that. All right. Um, any other news anyone has that um, going once, going twice, sold. All right. We're going to be <laughs> right back with our feature segment on Doctor Who Pachak.
I'm Elizabeth Sladen and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshop. Who are you? Torchwood. This autumn introduces the sci-fi drama Torchwood, written by Russell T. Davis. Setting their own rules and operating above the law, this crack squad of secret agents protects us from both human and alien threats. Jack Harkness. In the morning of January the 21st, 1941, Captain Jack Harkness failed to report for duty. What's going on, Gwen? You seen ghosts? I'm getting tired of following you. No, you're not. And you never will. The 21st century's when it all changes, and you've got to be ready. But who's in charge of you? Is it the government or what? We're separate from the government, outside the police, beyond the United Nations. And welcome back to Podshop 56. Ken Deep along with James Norton and Louis Trapani. And you just heard Mr. Mike Duran up in Canada, the international Doctor Who podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike, you were telling us a little bit about um, the CBC and the, and the launch of the show on the CBC. That's right, uh, Ken. We've, uh, we just uh, kicked in with Series 2. Uh, um, a couple of weeks back, uh, we've we've had two episodes run uh, so far. We've had uh, New Earth and Tooth and Claw uh, run on the CBC in the new uh, time slot, Mondays at eight. Uh, we we are we didn't uh, get Christmas Invasion uh, like Sci-Fi played it because we got we got Christmas Invasion actually last Christmas. Uh, in fact, right. uh, Boxing Day just the day after Christmas. And I know I, I've heard from a few people that uh, that have been watching from from New Earth, but. Uh, Somehow managed to miss the Christmas invasion last Christmas, and were a bit uh, not not so much confused. I guess they're confused that it had launched right into the new series, and they'd, they'd seen the regeneration at at the end of the first series, and then uh, unfortunately missed the the connecting bit in between. Did uh, CBC rerun the Christmas invasion prior no. to the premiere? Unfortunately, not. They did. They ran reran series one. They've run it three times now, and uh, finally they reran it from June to September. Had a couple of weeks off. And then, and then series two, but no repeat of Christmas Invasion. Very weird, very strange. <laughs> to make it even more odd, they ran in the the time slot they were running Doctor Who in. They ran uh, the David Tennant miniseries Secret Smile, which is a very different David Tennant uh, uh, mm-hmm. portrayal of a character. Um, so it went from uh, Christopher Eccleston regenerates into Tennant. Then you get a couple of weeks of David Tennant in this different show. And then in the new time slot, you've got new episodes of Doctor Who with David Tennant, but no Christmas Invasion. That reminds me that uh, Masterpiece Theater here in the in the States, I think it was Masterpiece Theater, just aired Casanova with uh, David Tennant. Oh, really? Tennant. Yeah. No, I was unaware of that. I know BBC America, I think, had um, that, that Smile program, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, they think recently. they ran it just about the I, same time as CBC I was missed- running it. Mm-hmm. I missed Casanova. My wife actually said Dr. Hottie was on Channel 13. <laughs> Dr. Hottie. Mm-hmm. Is how she mm-hmm. said know, it, yeah. I know my girlfriend has been watching it uh, religiously. Strangely, though, she still has only gotten around to seeing only one of one episode of the second series. So, uh, she's, But at least she's certainly interested in, in David Tennant. The ladies seem to, to like him quite a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so- Including Sophia Miles. Indeed. <laughs> oh. Yeah, with uh, but with the with the I guess the show was off the air for a, nearly a year and a half or a year and four months, so it's quite the high. Bloody hockey season. 
Yeah, it was it was hockey, and then the summer, and I think we've talked before about uh, uh, you know the CBC wanted to hold the show back uh, for an autumn broadcast when there's more people watching TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was going to be off the air for a year, no matter what, since the since hockey was back. Uh, the initial promotion uh, looked pretty good. The TV Guide didn't give Doctor Who a cover, uh, but they did give it uh, a really prominent uh, exposure in their. Uh, their returning shows or their fall preview issue. I'm sure TV Guide in the States has the same thing where they, they go through all the, all the shows yeah, that are coming the fall back. Programs. And they gave Doctor, Big Picture of Doctor Who and the inside cover of TV Guide alongside CSI and Desperate Housewives and House and sort of the big network shows. And uh, gave it another about a third of a page uh, uh, right up for the Monday night uh, slot. And, and that was great. Unfortunately, the Monday night slot it's in is a really, really tough time slot. Because it's running, it's up against uh, Prison Break, which uh, obviously is running on an American channel as, as I guess that's Fox, and it's running mm-hmm. on uh, the Canadian channel Global. CTV has the, the, one of their top shows, a Canadian comedy called Corner Gas, which is up against Doctor Who. And there's another network. There's the the City Network. They're only in about six markets, but I think they're the six biggest English language markets in the country, and they're running Battlestar Galactica at Mondays at eight. Uh, so they don't they don't actually appear in the the ratings the Galactica but you got to think that in a lot of markets uh, they take a chunk yeah, yeah that, that's going to be taking a big chunk especially of especially sci-fi audience. fans yeah exactly and uh, and you know Prison Break is kind of a genre show with a big story arcs and again might appeal to a similar audience mm-hmm. uh, one thing Doctor Who has going for it is that its demographics in Canada are right across the board there's a lot of little kids watch it and a lot of senior citizens watch it. And that, that that gives it a little bit of strength. I think it makes it a little weak for advertisers because people want those 18 to 34-year-olds or 18 to 50-year-olds well, most of the time. All. Well, <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> oh, sorry. That's okay. Uh, control <laughs> well, yourself, Lewis. <laughs> Keep it clean. Bonchuck <laughs> is a family show. Uh-huh. <laughs> Doctor Who is a family show. <laughs> Torchwood maybe not so, but don't no. do it. Lewis is in the tor- is in Torchwood mode, which is airing which as is, we speak. Uh, yeah, we should remind our listeners as, as we record this. Uh, tor- Torchwood's premiere is tonight. Um, we're recording as this we on the twenty second. That's why you see this is this is the post watershed show of yes. uh, Podshot. <laughs> Another. So we're looking forward to seeing that. But I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. That's okay. Dirty well, Lou from now on. A little bit of pre-watershed promo we got was a magazine, and again, I, something I put up on, on Outpost Gallifrey, a teen magazine we have called The Magazine uh, mm-hmm. in Canada. I, I, I have to be honest, I don't know much about teen magazines, and I'd never heard of it before. Uh, Lou, yeah, do you know anything about it? <laughs> well, except for the the posting on uh, on our website about it. It's... um. It featured yeah. Doctor Who and, and, and The Simpsons, Bart Simpsons, on the cover. That's right. It's, uh, I've seen this in every, every newsstand in every drugstore in the country. I went to their website, and apparently they're in 15,000 stores. Uh, have uh, Doctor Who mag- this a little, little magazine with Billy Piper and David Tennant on the cover, which was, I think has got to be some great promotion. And it really is. It's a teen kids magazine, very mainstream. And Doctor Who's on the cover, and has a, there's a 10-page article about uh, about the show inside, a preview of the whole series, including mm-hmm. a preview of uh, the next Christmas special. So we haven't had official word from the CBC as to when they're going to run that. So my hopes are that uh, that's a really good sign that we'll get the Christmas special sometime around Christmas, like we did last year. Mm-hmm. Which um, is actually, as we record this, the Runaway Bride is 63 days away. 
Well, I remember it was what about 150. It was something crazy when it first uh, we first got notice of it. They've really uh, eaten away a chunk of time <laughs> as we're getting closer to the Runaway Bride. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, I guess I'll uh, give a, a little bit of idea, give everybody a view of how it's done. As I said, uh, Doctor Who, a tough time slot this year. So the ratings, I won't, I won't give you tons and tons of numbers. Uh, the ratings are down from the first series, but with a, again, with a tougher time slot, that's to be expected. And, and quite frankly, the CBC uh, hasn't put... The, the, I mentioned a couple of private magazines which have given Doctor Who some good press. CBC themselves haven't given Doctor Who much publicity this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of promos running on CBC. So if you watch a lot of CBC, you're going to see promos for Doctor Who. And the, what they did was they repackaged the British promos with uh, Tennant and Piper and the TARDIS. Yeah, but they initially the had a lot of effort, and with the, you know, last year they had um, they they did those the series of documentaries, um, yeah. that six part series, and Volkswagen was a sponsor, and um, so I, I guess some of the excitement has um, dwindled a little bit, but yeah. um, to no fault of Doctor Who, or but well, it's it's definitely not the fault of Doctor Who. I mean, they they really went all out last year again with, as you said, the promo, you know, those promotion and and newspapers across the country had had individual ads for every episode every week, customized for that episode, and and it was just a, a publicity onslaught, uh, helped by the fact that because of the uh, the hockey player lockout, there was, there was nothing else new uh, running on CBC mm-hmm. at the time. This year, there really hasn't been any CBC publicity outside of ads running on the channel. So we didn't get the ads and the billboards. And, and uh, I mean, last time, the, probably the biggest thing they did last time was they ran Doctor Who trailers in movie theaters before movies. And, wow, and so that cool. was, and that was, I never got to see one. I wish I had. That was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. On the big screen, that must have been incredible. Yeah, I, I talked to some people who saw it and sort of, uh, you know, the electronic billboards and public squares, it was, it was huge. This year, not so much, and it's it's not just Doctor Who. The CBC seems to have really put their their money behind a couple of their new shows, maybe two or three of their new programs, including the show that runs right after Doctor Who, and a lot of their older returning shows, both imports and uh, Canadian shows, and and even a couple of their brand new Canadian shows are getting very little publicity, and and it's quite sad. The one, although the one victory that uh, I, I could say for this is that. Uh, this this other show, Rumors, which has just been promoted to death, and uh, it's kind of the I don't know it's it's the it's the show that all the Doctor Who fans are are I guess uh, picking on because the CBC put so much promotion behind it this year. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who managed to get three times as many viewers on its premiere night as Rumors did, and Rumors. So take so, that. Yeah. yeah so two thirds of the people watching Doctor Who tuned out when Doctor Who ended, and so I take that as uh, as a sign that Doctor Who is still pretty strong, even though the ratings are down. And uh, it ended up, it got, the first week, Doctor Who got second place in its time slot behind Corner Gas. Uh, the second week for Tooth and Claw, it was, uh, got third place uh, uh, behind Corner Gas and an episode of House. Uh, next week, uh, Prison Break will be back with new episodes. And so we'll probably see Doctor Who still down in the third, fourth place, but holding its own and still one of the top-rated shows on the CBC. So I, uh, I think uh, overwhelmingly that's a pretty positive uh, Positive result for the the yeah. return of the show to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with not many shows can uh, can survive after being off the air for a year and a half, in a in the North American style of uh, of market. Yes. I think it's it's, yeah. it's pretty tough. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I do appreciate. Yeah. You all appreciate your um your the input report and, on the and, and bringing us enlightening us on what's going on in um, yeah, in Canada yeah. and 
Um, and yeah. not only that, but you always bring great insight into uh, Doctor Who in general. Mm, well, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's good to be on again after, uh, I guess, a hiatus there for a while. Oh, one, one thing I didn't mention, and uh, unfortunately, it looks like uh, next week, uh, for, for October 30th, uh, Doctor Who is going to be preempted on the CBC uh, so there'll be a two-week gap between School Reunion and Rise of the S- and uh, Girl in the Fireplace. Mm-hmm. They're not going to skip the episode. It'll just be delayed a week because they have part well, two of a of a movie running. Yeah. On Monday they're, the thirtieth. Doing something similar next month on Sci-Fi Channel, where uh, the Thanksgiving weekend, um, which they've been showing the Talk to You on Fridays, so they're skipping that Friday. They most likely, I haven't checked their schedule, bot, but most likely they'll be doing a marathon or Movie something marathon, or another. Yeah, yeah, on the the Friday after Thanksgiving, uh, in in the U.S., uh, Thanksgiving is the third Thursday of the month, so that Friday it's actually the twenty third this year. Yes, uh, which is um, another holiday for us. Yeah, thank, uh, in the U.S. it's Thanksgiving, and we're giving thanks that it's Doctor Who's forty third uh, anniversary. Wow, just Doctor like, Who Day. Yeah. Doctor Who Day. Yeah. Seems That's like funny. It was just last year was the forty second. <laughs> On Canadian, <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's funny. Canadian Canadian Thanksgiving is when Doctor Who got launched, and American Thanksgiving they, uh, is the anniversary. So. Yeah, your um, Thanksgiving is Columbus Day. Uh, here uh, in the states, yeah, that's uh, second Monday in October is or first mm-hmm. no first Monday in October. I don't not not. Oh, sure we should also <laughs> mention that the Sci Fi Channel is having another marathon. Now this is kind of puzzling. They're in the middle of the David Tennant series, and on November thirtieth, they're showing they're, they're doing they're repeating the same marathon they did back on July fourth or fifth, um, co- coinciding with the release of the DVDs in the U.S. And it's the David, it's a Christopher Eccleston marathon, starting with I think, if I'm mistaken, Rose or anything, yeah, they went Rose or Dalek or Rose through Dalek, I think. Okay, because I, and then and then the sec the marathon leading up to Tenant was Dalek through End of the End of the World. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, we have it on our website. Um, a parting the uh, End of the World, Parting of the Ways. Sorry, what the hell am I saying? If you go to our calendar on our website, we have and I. I believe it's Mike, and I want to thank him for posting the CBC um, episodes as well as the French Zitelli. That That's right. Uh, I've been trying to get those up uh, every week now, the, the Canadian I, broadcasts. Yeah, I do appreciate your help there. Yeah, they're up to uh, <laughs> La Planète du Diable, uh, part two, this week. On, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I just checked <laughs> out our calendar, and the, the, the Sci-Fi channel is starting at 8 a.m. on November uh, 30th. Uh, yeah, eight, eight, that's 8 a.m. standard time, and it's starting with Rose, and it continues on through to Father's Day. So, um, like I said, it's kind of odd because we're right in the middle of, the, of David Tennant. You would think maybe if they did a marathon, it would be from um, either Christmas Invasion or New Earth to whatever episode they had. And a to week up. late, too, when you think about it. They could have put that on Thanksgiving. It would have been a great marathon yeah. on the anniversary uh, and perhaps hooking some families into the viewing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm, we're assuming since um, the Sci-Fi Channel doesn't offer their schedule um, this far in advance, but we're assuming that Friday after November 30th, which will be December whatever, will they will resume the David Tennant stories? So, um, which probably is going to be Rise of the no, it will be Age of Steel, I believe. Wow, they might wind up splitting. Uh, splitting the Cyberman story in half, you think? Oh no! Well, you know what? Maybe it's 
Unless they're doubling up no, on it's it. Gonna like be, in, I'm, I'm getting the wrong two-parter split up. They're splitting up Impossible Planet and um, Satan's Pit. Unless they double up on it, because uh, that may be the end of Battlestar by then. The, the 17th is Impossible Planet. The 24th is the day after Thanksgiving. There's no Doctor Who. So we're assuming December 1st, which is the next Friday, will be the, the Satan Pit. Yeah, uh, shooting themselves in the foot with, with the, the, one of the best episodes of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than just show it back to back and make a two hour movie out of it. Which is really what you could do with. Um, yes. Because, oh, the, yeah. you know, that's the only. Well, other than Rise of the Cybermen, uh, this I thought was better even than that. And uh, yes. you could have just flown straight into together. one into the other, yeah. Absolutely. So. And, yeah. and in a two-hour time slot, it would look like it was made to be a movie, that it was, mm. uh, you know, something a little larger than life. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Short-sighted on, on Sci-Fi Channel's part. Well, at least they're showing Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely right. I'm, I, you know, I, look, I praise them when they do something yeah. right, and I, and I take them to task when they do something wrong. And, you know, that's the best way I can be is just be honest. Mm-hmm. So... Mm. It's, it's, uh, I had mentioned uh, Z-Tele before, and it's interesting that, that um, the titles they give in their episodes are slightly different than what we know them as. I mean, you oh, yeah. can piece them together by, you know, you know, getting an inkling on the titles, but it's, it's interesting, Mike, how um, the titles are different. That's right. Mm. The, I, I can't remember some of the ones earlier in the year, but they, they certainly, when, when they have a two-parter. L- Lundris 2012, which is obviously... Yeah, that, um, that's Fear Her. Yeah, and Linda, uh, Love oh, and yes. Monsters is just called Linda. Yeah, I th- obviously <laughs> that's Love and Monsters, but it's it's weird how they <laughs> change the names for the, the French audience. Well, they're mm. they're trying to protect the innocent. <laughs> Some, sometimes with the uh, with uh, the Planet of the Devil, or yeah, which is what they, they, they du Diab, Diab, Well, forget, I can't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've just taken Impossible Planet and Satan Pit, and they call it Part One and Part Two. Mm-hmm. Or, or I actually think they call it uh, Premier Parte and Deuxième Parte, but uh, st- same same difference. Uh, they uh, given it, a, I guess, a, a more a more obvious title and kept the the titles as one and two uh, to maybe make sure people know that it's a two parter. Because mm-hmm. uh, on the other broadcasters, until you watch the episode, you might not realize that it's going to be a two-part. That's true, and then go miss it, and then be there next week and be like, "What? What's happened?" You know. Yeah, that makes sense. It's good that they do that. Now, speaking of Canadian broadcasters, here we are on the launch of Torchwood tonight, and we're disappointed with our friends in the north. Where's that leaked episode of Torchwood? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, we're you know the last three weeks it didn't show up. <laughs> I, I did make a joke on a forum somewhere that obviously yeah. the, they, they didn't get a copy over to us to leak this time, uh, mm. but I'm, <laughs> since the CBC is a co-producer of Torchwood, I'm I'm sure they do have copies of it. They've just uh, I think the the lesson has been learned about uh, keeping anything to do with Doctor Who under lock and key and not letting anybody walk out of the building with a copy <laughs> mm. uh, they've uh, you know i think the i think everybody learned with with roles although it, it was such great publicity <laughs> oh yeah especially I mean, especially here but i think it, everywhere it worked perfectly uh yeah they, they're gonna keep uh keep a lid on it i mean i haven't i haven't even been able to get out of the cbc when they're airing it it's so secretive because we've got pretty regular contact with the CBC, but no, no luck mm-hmm. finding out uh, when, Access when Torchwood's going to be on. <laughs> um, we're, we're hoping that it'll be on in the winter. 
Um, we don't know if they give it a later time slot. If, uh, as I don't know, I, I think in Canada you could, you might be able to air it in a. We don't since we don't have water, you know, pre and post watershed here. You might be able to get away with airing Torchwood at eight o'clock. I haven't seen the show yet, so I don't know. Certainly, there are more violent shows that air at eight o'clock in North America than than Torchwood. And on the CBC, you can usually get away with some nudity and profanity early in the evening. So yeah. maybe they'll put it slotted in right after Doctor Who finishes and try and maintain that same Doctor Who audience. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's appropriate or not is another matter. <laughs> that's just <laughs> speculation. Uh, I was uh, joking around in the forums about speculation why it hasn't been leaked to Canada. And I said, well, they're probably lab- they're, they're purposely uh, disguising the Torchwood episodes by laboring them with an anagram of Torchwood, which could be... Um, Crow dot ho, <laughs> which is definitely a post watershed series. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think it was uh, H Dutch that came yes. back with a uh, a very interesting uh, premise for the show based on that. Particular- a, a new spin-off from Torchwood that Russell T Davies will be doing. Um, it's pretty funny. You have to check it out in the forums. Uh, actually, speaking of Torchwood, uh, can I get a quick plug-in for an event we're having? Plug away. Sure. Plug away. Uh, since I didn't get a plug-in at the start of the show. Uh, <laughs> in, in Toronto, DWIN, Doctor Information Network, uh, we're not doing a convention or a, or a big event this year. Previous years, since we have a full-fledged convention, other years a smaller uh, smaller convention. Uh, but around the anniversary this year, we're doing an event called Hubash 2006, the Torchwood House Party. Uh, certainly celebrating 43 years of Doctor Who, but also some excitement around uh, Torchwood. And since we're in the middle of Series 2 right now, uh, Torchwood House is uh, is very relevant to Series 2, uh, and as is all of Torchwood. And we're going to be doing that on Saturday, November the 18th, starting at 1 p.m. at Rowers Pub uh, upstairs, and that's at 150 Harvard Street in Toronto. And that's, uh, it's, it's near Bloor and Spadina, Bloor and Bathurst, for anybody in the Toronto area. And if you want any more information, uh, just uh, pop into our website at dwin, D-W-I-N, dot org. And then click on the link. And we're going to have games and panels and videos. And uh, we're pretty famous for some of our, uh, our really tough trivia contests. So if, if you want to be in a trivia contest uh, that, uh, that will you know, leave you pretty worn out, uh, get in touch with, with us uh, through the website and... Uh, and see if we can include you. Certainly, anybody in the Toronto area, I'd love to. We'd love to have you come out. We do our, uh, we do our regular taverns every month. Um, mm-hmm. We 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 have we always have a good turnout for those. But uh, this event, last time we did a, an event like this at that pub, I think we got 80 people. Wow, so they're they're uh, pretty big, uh, and uh, hopefully a lot of fun. Cool. And uh, you'll be celebrating 43 years of Doctor Who and almost a month of Torchwood. <laughs> That's marking right. the month, <laughs> the one month. <laughs> we've now marked the one month anniversary i wanted to um do a quick news news note on a british Justin. british, british <laughs> sci-fi related not directly doctor who but for those of you who are f- uh, fans of uh the tripods back some 20 years mm-hmm. ago um bbc4 yeah, uh is in production on a documentary on the original Two oh, seasons. I thought, of you, the were, I thought you were going to tell me they're doing the following the third book. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> I, you know, this is typical of the BBC thinking. There's three books in the series. Let's make two of them and then cancel the show. They could have done one more season and the show would have canceled itself. <laughs> but uh, they, apparently, BBC Four is working on a documentary on the tripods. Uh, perhaps for the uh, well, I guess the anniversary passed because it would have been eighty-five. 
Thank mm. you show it aired. So, um, so they, maybe they're working on it for the 25th and getting a jump on it. Um, but there's a, a documentary coming out on the tripod. So that's just a quick um, related British sci-fi related mm-hmm. news. So there we go. Okay, we'll be right back with more Doctor Who. Before you go, wasn't oh. there, did you hear anything about um, a Blake 7 new documentary? Someone posted something in our forums about it. You know, there was supposed to be a, a making of Blake 7 documentary on the uh, DVD box sets, and it never materialized, never saw the light of day on all four seasons. So I'm curious to see if that'll ever surface. Um, that was that's got to be about four or five years old at this point because it was made for the series one DVD and apparently they had some kind mm-hmm. of rights issues or something and uh, series one came out got to be at least three years ago. I'm gonna have to three, dig it up. There, there's something that someone had posted something on our forums about. Um, I, I think a new Blake Seven documentary, or it might not be a documentary, but something maybe behind the scenes feature okay. or something of that nature. We'll get that to you in next well i know that the that uh horizon recently relaunched its its website horizon is the uh the blake seven fan club uh they recently relaunched their website redesigned re-envisioned uh it's actually quite snazzy now and uh, they just recently relaunched and but uh to the best of my knowledge uh actually here it says the uh on their site, Blake Seven, uh, the, the Cult of Blake Seven. Yeah, um, I think that's it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, on uh, also on BBC Four. I'm wondering if BBC Four is doing a series. Remember, they had uh, uh, BBC website had cult television. Yes. Yeah, Doctor Who was one mm. of them, and Doctor Who was one of them. Well, so was Tripods, and so was Blake Seven, even though they were defunct series. I'm wondering if BBC Four has the a program perhaps based on that because it's the cult of Blake Seven and it's on BBC Four and perhaps it's the cult of the tripods for BBC Four. So something to keep your eye on if you're in the UK. Uh, James and, uh, well, James is unfortunately not in the UK, but anybody in the UK who could shed any light on a, a possible documentary Colin? series. Colin? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> no, no, James, we love, we love. Je- a pang we love, of jealousy, James? We love Colin. We really do. But uh, I don't know. I'm just checking out uh, the Gallifreyan Embassy forums right now, and there's a whole host of activity as regards to Torchwood, and oh, I'm missing it. It's, <laughs> uh, my friends were ringing me earlier today and taunting me about it because they, they really don't care that Torchwood's coming out, whereas I do. <laughs> the documentary for Cult Blake 7 is due mid-November of this year, so... Uh, Just a couple of weeks away. Yeah, to celebrate the anniversary of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's converging on the 23rd of November. Mm, must mean something. Mm. Mm, this means something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rare reference to closet cases of the nerd kind. <laughs> I was hoping you'd be able to resist, but I guess not. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back uh, with feedback. So um, get your feed ready and we'll toss it on your back. Oh, boy. (laughs) This podcast is proudly listed at the best podcasting directory on the Internet, podcastpickle.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled download already in progress. Hi, this is Trevor, David, Tony, and I'm Jeff, and 
We're the MMM Commentary Team, and if you want to listen to fun and exciting alternate commentaries of your favourite sci-fi, listen to us. You're listening to the Gallifrey Embassy's Podshock. MMMcommentaries.com Doctor Who Pacha. Rare form tonight, isn't he? <laughs> hey, this is what happens when you have three cups or four cups of coffee before a Pacha oh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> you're just on that caffeine high and you're just riding it all the way. Oh, you can. for the love of Pete. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pete's world, leave it out. <laughs> Never mind. All right, let's go to feedback, would you, for crying out loud? <laughs> I'm crying out loud. All right. <laughs> I don't know what was in that coffee, but it wasn't coffee. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, wow. Just wish we'd get into this thing already. (laughs) We have with us Wayne, all the way from central Illinois, who sent in um, this piece of feedback here. Wayne, what do you have to say? Lewis, Ken, and James. Hi, this is Wayne from central Illinois. S-S-A-A-T-T-B-B on the forums. You guys are still doing a fantastic job. Totally love Podshock. And I'm really excited that Sci-Fi has picked up the second season of Doctor Who. Been watching it religiously and very happy to see it on the big TV screen. I've been uh, also watching my season one on DVD and pondering some of the old shows. It's brought me back to renting some of the old William Hartnell shows, which I never got to see such as the Aztecs, which I thought still holds up pretty well. And the questions I have are these. Number one, since we're getting toward the end of the doctor's life cycle in regenerations, are we going to see a reappearance of the Valiard? Um, Anthony Stewart Head's character, the headmaster, was rumored to be the master. What if he was really the Valiard? That was my first pondering. My second pondering is, all these years have gone by, whatever happened to Susan? Was she really the doctor's granddaughter? Was she really a time lord? Did she regenerate? Whatever happened to her? I'd kind of like to know. Those are my two musings. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. Later. Wow, yeah, that's two great questions. Uh, the Valyard would be, it would be incredible to see him return. And uh, But the Valyard wasn't really, I mean, that was just a um, possible future. Yeah. Well, do, I mean, do we, should we preface this with spoilers or no? I mean, well, if you haven't. Well, you haven't seen Trial of a Time Lord, catch up. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's it's definitely. But it, the, it was isn't was a um, wasn't the Valyard not really a regeneration, but was something in the half, between yeah, his twelfth. John Nathan Turner didn't want to waste a regeneration, which I thought was I, I understood, but at the same time, 
you know, waste of a generation. We all know when he gets to the end of 13 that, like in the Five Doctors with the Master, the time, well, the Time Lords aren't around, but they are when they secretly come back. Uh, <laughs> we'll offer him a new set of regenerations or the face well, of Bow will that's, step in yeah, or something. I was just going to say know, there's, there's so many options. So wasting a regeneration is, is really kind of pointless. Uh, you could have done it and gotten away with it. As to Susan, that's something I I always thought was a a, a great idea for a, 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 another a, spin-off series, Ken. Yeah, um, no, not a spin-off <laughs> series, no, I'm but kidding. but uh, that could easily have been a situation like School Reunion, where I I think Susan's character could definitely be explored, yeah, and Carol Ann Ford would be more than happy to reprise her role. I'm sure she would, and I think that um I think that's something that fans would be very curious about. I think there's mm. an opportunity to sort of tie some loose ends. Well, especially now since he made that rep. See, I, I, not that I, I always liked the mystery of Doctor Who, and I, I always enjoyed the fact that we didn't know whether or not that was really her granddaughter, or if that was just a um, a, a a term that was used. Maybe she, maybe he he kind of adopted her as her own, and because of the age difference, he just assumed the role as grandfather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so, but in this, well, spoiler alert for a, a future episode of the 2006 series, if you haven't seen it yet, there was a comment that was made about the Doctor's fatherhood, and um, and as I said, not that I oppose him being a father, I just kind of enjoyed the fact keep the mystery in there and I wish he hadn't made that comment and only because I just enjoyed just the not knowing and the speculation of it all mm-hmm. uh, though we still don't know if that really means Susan we have to assume it does but I, I never thought Susan to be a time lord but a Gallifreyan so um, whereas being a time lord well, you mostly have because to go- she didn't regenerate yeah, yeah. Whereas I mean, we saw Romana regenerate, and of course the Doctor regenerate, uh, and yeah, even the Master. Not but, all Gallifreyans are Time Lords, correct? And so uh, that's how I always perceived it. Mm. I, I am pleased though that he's he's taking a liking to William Hartnell, and we had discussed prior to, to going on air today that uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Hartnell era, and, uh, mostly because there's a uh, there's a thread on the forum. Uh, asking people to vote and, and, and comment on some of their favorite uh, William Hartnell episodes. And just the, just the focus on the Hartnell era is just nice to see. It's mm-hmm. nice to see. Uh, and we uh, just did that Space Museum uh, space review museum. last episode of Podshock. Yeah, and, and it's just nice to see uh, Hartnell era getting a little love and, and people discussing it and, and having a chance to, to revisit it. And, and it really is just, you have to take it as the... As the um, the piece of television history that it is—it's not—it's not going to stand up to scrutiny when it comes to set, yeah, design well, or you know. I have said this plenty of times in the past in past episodes of Podshot because anytime I'm watching a Hartnell episode or a Troughton episode, where I try to put my mind in the mindset of the era that it was made and mm-hmm. and and put myself in the shoes of someone from that from the from the early '60s watching the the show, you know, and and you know. It, just expelling everything that came post that period and just put yourself mm. in that mindset. I mean, you, you really honestly yeah. could just sit and enjoy the performances. You know, think of it as mm-hmm. if you were watching a stage play because Hartnell and his, and his supporting cast over the course of his, you know, tenure as the Doctor were just so brilliant and, and little ad-libs and little, little yeah, things and that I they were throwing that, in. Yeah, I enjoyed that, actually. You know, people it made sometimes criticize Hartnell for flubbing his lines or whatever, no but I, I think that added to the character where, you know, you, you, you can say, oh, the Doctor's thinking it out or whatever, and, or, or he's just being a little... Absent-minded. Goof. Yeah. Absolutely. Being, That's what... 
real people go through those yeah. little flubs and little quirks and and uh, so I'm just gl- I'm very glad and very pleased and I hope when this uh, episode goes out that you guys will uh, explore Hartnell yeah yeah and and uh, I have to disagree with a few people by the way on the the gunfighters being a terrible episode uh, it is a comic comically genius episode uh yeah it's the wild west it's not exactly where doctor who should go but the episode is is extremely funny and if you take it as a tongue-in-cheek episode you will sit and laugh your rear end off absolutely and you know can can i say that uh, my wife my wife's favorite doctor who story is the gunfighters i have to tell you yeah i think it's it's she she thinks it's Uh, absolutely hilarious it, mm. it, exactly. If you take it as a comedy, it works. If you take it to be, a, a, you know, a serious time travel episode, obviously you're gonna it's it's gonna be it's gonna be laughable for the wrong reasons. Um, and then if people were asking for you know for voting on some things, the best audio adventure, the missing adventures that I felt, uh, I really enjoy Marco Polo on CD. Uh, I think it translates very well into the audio medium. And uh, for those of you exploring Hartnell and uh, want to get into some audios, if you want to start with Marco Polo, you will not go wrong. Also, Hartnell's character does change a bit from the very early episodes. If, you're just, if you just picked up the beginning box set, uh, his character doesn't really fully develop you know, until later on, you know, where um, you can see the warmth of his character. So uh, don't judge him solely on those first few episodes. And, you know, um, I know a few people, many people voted as Dalek Invasion of Earth as being one of their favorites. I mean, the story has a, a, a few gaping plot holes. Some things really honestly don't make sense. But the story is just for pure adventure and nostalgia's sake is just a lot of fun. It was the first time where Doctor Who said, you know, we could probably really do something here. Uh, you know, when the Daleks had become a hit and... and there was a lot of anticipation leading up to that episode and stuff, and then it got it was made uh, you know onto the big screen and stuff. So it's really just great, great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Go and enjoy, and we'll discuss it a little more. On the I'm, I look forward to reading everybody's uh, comments on on the forum about uh, Hartnell and just the genius of his era. Hmm? Mm. What's up, my boy? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just I, I I can think of ten different little funny lines here in the chase. He's humming or something and. There's a noise in the background coming from the time scanner, and Barbara says, "What's that noise?" And he kind of says, "You know, how dare you criticize my singing?" I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that's Hart- the Hartnell era right there. You know, his his sense of humor, his sensibilities, uh, just really, you know, it's just just great stuff. I'm mm. getting a doctor. We got feeling. we have our clothes on. Of course you do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> he calls. Uh, Ian Chesterton, he calls him Chatterton, Chatterton and, yeah. and Chesterfield and all kinds of other names. Chatterton is the best. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, we're yeah. going to um, go into our next piece of feedback here. And this is, uh, this is Bruce coming from Massachusetts. And um, Bruce, what do you have to say? Gentlemen, it's Bruce, Bill Rick of Massachusetts. This is the second time I've called. I'm in the middle of listening to episode 54, and you mentioned something that I just had to comment on. My daughter loves Harry Potter, and we just finished watching The Goblet of Fire for the umpteenth time. And this is the first time that I have noticed that David Tennant played Barty Crouch Jr. It's a good thing that I didn't realize this before he came and started being the doctor. This role he played... And Harry was so over the top, it was ludicrous. It was like an old, early film version of Renfrew uh, from Dracula. Absolutely terrible. But 
I am most impressed with the way he's handled the doctor. So, that thought, I'll let you guys go and finish the podcast. But please, don't make it so long between them. You're forcing me to do things like listening to actual radio instead of listening to your podcast as I drive. Keep the faith. Bye. Listening to radio, what a concept. Occasionally, there's one or two good radio shows on on the air. Our 20th century. (laughs) (laughs) Terrestrial radio. Uh, I'm sorry, Ken. Uh, It's quite all right. Uh, I'm a firm believer that when the wireless broadband really takes off, that that's where where radio is heading. Uh, Terrestrial radio will simply point us in that direction. why I really didn't, I never really bought into this satellite radio thing. I just think that as the, as the, you know, the internet radio was taking off and as we become more mobile with uh, things like, uh, you know, our uh, Blackberries and, and laptops and things like that. And, and once we have something that in the car can pick up this wireless broadband, we're not going to, the satellite radio is going to go bye-bye and probably so will terrestrial radio. Mm-hmm. Um, as for as for David Tennant in the Harry Potter movie, I still have not seen that particular movie. That's like the last Harry Potter movie, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yes, and, it, it is. Yeah, uh, I know James, you have seen it, and I know uh, seeing what I've seen of David Tennant, I know he can you know be very over the top when needed. Really? So. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I can only imagine how he was in this movie. Yeah, he was he, very good in actually. He, he, I really enjoyed his performance. I think that um, okay, he, he perhaps was a little bit over the top, but I think that that's really what was needed for mm-hmm. because you had to believe that he was insane and totally crazy and just completely evil, and the only way that you could believe that is if it was a little bit over the top and was a little bit mad and crazy. Because that's what I think the role needed, and but that's um, what an actor does, and that just you know goes uh, puts a feather in his cap that he can pull off being you know he doesn't have to play the same part in the same way all the time, and you know even though the doctor can get a little crazed, that's not how he is on a norm on a day to day basis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So that tenant can pull this off is um, it, it only credits um, his uh, abilities. Yeah. yeah, because I can see why people wouldn't like his performance in The Goblet of Fire because it... Uh, but I think you have to appreciate that it is a children's film and as a children's yeah. film aside, like- aside from the fact that the role has to be believable it has to. You have to be kind of scared of of the bad guy, and mm-hmm. David Tennant was scary. And you know, I would have been quaking in my boots had I been uh, a, a kid when I went to go and see it. So, um, I mean, everybody's opinion is 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 just as valid as everybody else's. But I I quite liked him in uh, mm-hmm. in in the Goblet of Fire. And just as if you wouldn't really judge the third doctor if you saw Warzel Gumridge and think that's, you know, what exactly. Joffrey was going to be doing. Mm. <laughs> oh, if you saw the omen in Pat Troughton. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Playing the reverend, yeah. And our last piece of um, audio feedback, we have a regular uh, contributor to our feedback section here. Once again, this is Scott with, his, um, with a message to us. Peace Cat 750, just listened to your latest podcast, and boy, did I love it. It was great hearing all little things, and when I first heard my voice for the feedback, I thought, oh, geez, I was going to sound like a drunken stupor. But anyway, uh, 
I can't wait till Torchwood starts airing on YouTube. And if they do start in October 22nd or so, maybe the later uh, season could do, they could do like a split season. When Doctor Who was on hiatus, Torchwood could have Doctor Who's time slot and vice versa. So that way each episode, each series could be in the process of filming their shows. And hmm, maybe you three guys should get together and start a Torchwood uh, podshock. Or do you feel that your brains would be burnt out too much? Anyway, <laughs> D Scott 750, Scott from Tulsa. Bye. <laughs> well, Scott, oh, first off, it would have to be more burnt out. Um, and I think you should leave the, the, the drunken drink, stupor to, to us. Yeah. <laughs> I got that pretty down pat tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and to, just to let you know about the Torchwood, uh, Lewis and James and I uh, discussed it uh, as far as doing something yeah, We've been for talking Torchwood. about it for a couple weeks now. Yeah, and I think what we're going to wind up doing is doing a few. Um, perhaps a monthly spin-off, just so that uh, you know Doctor Who is our prime focus. Uh, just like we won't do a canine podcast. Oh, come on, <laughs> um, you know it, we, we will discuss it. It will be a topic of conversation, but uh, we want to keep Podshock strictly on on Doctor Who for the majority of the time, and then we'll have these occasional. Yeah, well, being that Torchwood is a spin-off of Doctor well, absolutely. Who, we'll, absolutely. we'll still cover Torchwood, not to the extent of Doctor Who. And what James and, and Ken and I were talking about was possibly um, doing a special Torchwood um, in addition to Doctor Who Podshock that will either be on the same feed and we were discussing possibly even getting its own feed as well for those that just want Torchwood or those that just want Doctor Who Podshock. And anyway, that, that's further down the road. So, um, But yeah, look forward to more info and, and, and discussions about Torchwood here and a special Torchwood podcast as well. And hopefully it gets off the ground quicker than my Blake 7 spinoff. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> that's still not... Um, that's still, you're still not over yet. <laughs> I think Kent's promised it for 2006. We still got a couple months. So. Yeah, we still have a little time. <laughs> Alright, so um, I think we have some um, email messages we wanted to get to. Of course. Uh, we Last week we were a bit, uh, the feedback was uh, definitely low, and, and people have responded to that and have, have sent inundated. us. <laughs> inundated us with, so people do, do listen to us, which is, is good to know. So we have an email here from a chap called Romeo, and he says, Hi guys, this is my first email or comments to your podcast. I've been a Doctor Who fan since the 80s, and I've started to watch the show again since its revival in 2005. I love the podcast you guys bring out every couple of weeks. Thanks so much. I know it must take up a lot of your personal time to do. It still amazes me the amount of info you can get in the internet age. I can still remember trying to find out any uh, info on Doctor, the Doctor during the 80s. I could only find a few magazines in my local books stroke comic stores here in San Francisco. Now with the shows like yours we can find out things literally minutes after it's announced. You guys mentioned that you uh, own Macs and video iPods. Here is a tip. Have you ever tried using Mac the Ripper to encrypt a DVD and then use popcorn to import it into iTunes? I have Series 1 on my iTunes and the video is pretty good. I don't have a video iPod yet, but it should work on it also. I've also worked, uh, watched on my Mac all the British DVDs of Series 2 using VLC. You can use Handbrake to encrypt DVD, region DVD 
for t uh, Region 2 DVD and use Toast to create a Region 1 DVD. Remember, it's for personal use only. Will the new Torchwood series be part of the podcast? Again, we're having seeing people <laughs> asking us about this, so it may well be expected. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, there is uh, there is only one podcast listed on iTunes. Well, already it's only just aired today. Gosh, <laughs> it hasn't even aired yet. Or yeah. well, it has now since we started. Yeah, just I think it's just about finished. I can imagine more will come after the show starts. Too bad you do, you guys don't do a Battlestar Galactica podcast. What a what an amazing show that is. Thanks again, Romeo. So not only do we have to do a Doctor Who podcast, a Torchwood podcast, a Battlestar Galactica podcast, and a Blake, <laughs> and a Blake 7. 7. 7 podcast. And don't forget K9. And K9, yeah. <laughs> and I'll probably wind up doing a Tripods one, too. <laughs> now that they're firing, uh, firing up a documentary. No, but seriously, thanks for the comments, Romeo, because I'm sure that um, there are lots of people out there who... Uh, uh, for one thing, want to know how to get video onto their iPod in, in, mm -hmm. a, in an easy way. And if you own way. the DVDs and you're using this for your own personal use, um, there are tools legal. out there. Yeah. yeah, well, the digital in the U.S., the Digital Millennium Copyright Act could argue against that. But putting that aside, because we are an international audience, and um, I mean, there's there are tools out there, free tools that you can download for both Mac and PC and Windows that will enable you to get the video off your DVD and put it on your iPod. Um, it's not as simple as just using iTunes where you can just rip the songs off the CD and instantly it's on your iPod. It a takes more complicated. You got to use a f you know two or three applications, yeah, utilities to do, to do it, it yeah. but it can be done. And um, you know I, I use some of them myself. Um, that, that you can get different varying different results depending on which tool you use. Um, uh, here, Romeo had mentioned Popcorn, and I own that myself. And I've 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 found that QuickTime Pro may give you some better results. Um, there's other th utilities for the Mac as called um, one one which is called iSquint, and there's I'm sure there's plenty for Windows as well. I just don't have those readily available. To hand, yeah, because of and, course uh, we use Macs. <laughs> and actually, yeah, I was, I was going to actually offer a, a feedback correction to someone who wrote into us. Uh, uh, all three of us are Mac people. Yes. Yeah. Now, well, Mike, Mike, we're still working on you, right? I'm afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I uh, recently became the proud owner of We converted MacBook him, finally. Yeah. Now I get my toaster oven. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, All right. just, I've just got one quick email, guys. I'm, oh, I'm sorry, sure. I've just uh, spotted That's it. It okay. won't take too long because I know we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time here. But this is from a person called Scaro Mel. I'm not sure whether that's uh, a, a male or female, but I'm going to take that it's a lovely lady because I think that we need more female listeners. But if, if I'm wrong, I do apologize. <laughs> if anyway, not, just turned you into one. Go ahead. Yeah, she says, uh, hey, guys, I had a question about the Blue Peter contest that's left me a bit puzzled as I've looked on the BBC Doctor Who announcement page as well as the Blue Peter rules. And seeing as how I wasn't able to find my answer there, I figured I would ask you guys is blue is the blue peter winner part in doctor who contest strictly limited to the uk like i said i looked and this never came up anywhere i'm a us fan of the series interested in entering and not knowing this information leaves me at a bit of a standstill just wanted to know what you think Scaro Mel, and then she says, "P.S. I worship your podcast." Oh, <laughs> so that's really cool. Thank you for that, Mel. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can guess I can answer this um, 
quickly and, and quietly. Uh, just well, not so quietly. They want to hear. Well, they want to hear, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, when I was a, a kid, um, uh, Blue Peter, you, you, the competitions were definitely limited to the UK, sadly. And, and also they were limited to, to age groups. So you had to enter into a specific category. Mm -hmm. And then you, you would each get a winner from... Uh, each category to ensure that uh, that the whole because Blue Peter, lots of kids watch Blue Peter from the ages of I guess five and upwards, or maybe even earlier. Um, so I think it's just so that they ensure that uh, their whole range of children get well represented and get the chance to win a competition. Um, but obviously, uh, with this being uh, such a, a big thing, uh, winner part in Doctor Who, I would imagine that it's only one winner, and as a re and I think it will be limited to the age of sixteen, fifteen or sixteen. Oh, up to fourteen. In our last yeah. podcast, we, we announced yeah. it was up to fourteen. Because that's what they usually do. They usually set a limit of uh, 14, 15, or 16, depending upon the type of uh, of contest. And usually uh, by the ages of 14, uh, most teenagers have stopped watching Blue Peter, it has to be said. But I would imagine that, sadly, it is it would be limited to the UK. Only UK viewers would be able to get a part in it. But I, I do not know that for a fact. That's just going on previous competitions. Well, if, if this person tr provided their own transportation to the UK for the show... No, I think it might have to do with, with um, being that union licenses or like that. that because Blue Peter's uh, both Blue Peter and Doctor Who are BBC shows, and quite possibly because because of the license fee. Um, Situation. Yes, because of of course in the UK we pay a television license to 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 view content instead of, and as a result we uh, get our television free of of advertisements certainly on the BBC the anyway. Thing too, you have to remember that if the contest is open to minors, then you've opened a whole other can of worms. Exactly, by being with a, regards a minor to insurance, from overseas, and, yeah, yeah, so. all sorts of things. So it it I would imagine just from the logic of this situation that sadly it would only be open to uh, minors and, and minors of, uh, in the UK. So um, well, I, we're, I, having a, we're having a win a part on threshold contest. <laughs> um, yeah, like anyone would enter for that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to pay Brent people would. to win that. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Let's wrap it up before, oh, God, before God, I, yes. I, I start turning into uh, a drunken Lou. <laughs> oh no, we can't have only one of those, please. I think I think you meant to say lunatic, mate. A drunken oh, lunatic. Lunatic. Oh no, no, drunken <laughs> Lou. Lunatic is on the lawn. All right, <laughs> on the grass. Okay, well, we want to thank Mike Duran from um, from um, Yay! Toronto, Canada, from Canada. Toronto, Canada. Thanks, uh, for Mike. Mike, give a quick shout out for your your organization. Yeah, I mentioned I'm with uh, I'm with Dwin. That's the Doctor Who Information Network. We're the oldest Doctor Who fan club in North America, and uh, probably about third oldest in the world. And you can reach us at uh, dwin.org. Yeah, you can join up, and you get a printed um, newsletter uh, once a month. And good old fashioned yeah. print. Yeah, and it is it is very good because I know that Mike is kindly. Uh, sent copies to me in the past, uh, even though I'm not a member, and it is a superb publication. Mm -hmm. uh, so if do it's worth it, I think, to subscribe just for that alone. It absolutely, uh, and it's is. not expensive. It's very cost uh, um, 
Yeah, the, yeah. The, the prices vary for different countries, but they're, I mean, they're, they're quite low. It's, I know in Canada, we're under $20, because uh, that's the, the cheaper postage. It's, it's a bit more outside uh, in the States or in Europe or Australia or New Zealand or any yeah. other places we have members. But uh, and I will say, I also think it's a, a fabulous magazine, and I have almost nothing to do with, promote, with producing it, so I can say that. Not <laughs> and remain unbiased. Not completely unbiased, <laughs> but reasonably unbiased. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, James, Lewis, and myself, thank you for yes. for joining us. As always, uh, riding shotgun with us uh, here on Doctor Who Podshock, and we'll uh, guess we'll see everybody next yes. week, and we'll yeah. start. We'll have. Ken, a, I'm a, glad you're feeling better too. We missed you, you last I, episode. I yeah. hated to bow out early. You know when I'm quiet. That yeah, that I must very, not be you know, good. <laughs> you know Ken's sick if he's <laughs> if you don't sick of it. recording or just sick. <laughs> no, I was I was really sick. Believe me, I'm never sick of recording. Uh, well, maybe right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah, have a good one. Cheers. Bye. been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyanEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Doctor Who? Yes, you're quite right. Come along, my dear. It's time we were off.